How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. Let's just jump right into it. Today, I want to talk about uh, something that you guys are probably going to have a good little giggle about, but um, um, I want to talk about being a vegan. So about, man, it's so crazy to think about. I want to say about four and a half years ago now, it's wild to think that it's been that long. Sorry, four years ago. Mm, Yeah, four years ago. Um. I chose to be a vegan and no, had nothing to do uh, initially, had nothing to do about um, the, uh, the impact that, it, um, you know, killing, killing animals has on, on making, you know, burgers, chicken, fish, all of that had nothing to do with that, had uh, nothing to do with like its impact on or that decision and, and how it's benefiting uh, just slightly, but it is benefiting the fact that um, I have less of an impact on on climate change. If you choose to believe that or not, I'm going to tell you that there's no such thing as believing in it. It is a fact. It is a thing that's happening. Um, to think that humans, where like we literally are able to send probes to the outskirts of the solar system, we're able to create atomic bombs that can decimate cities and and populations. We're able to uh, nuclear fission power an entire state with just you know twenty cores of uranium that are like the size of probably this room I'm in right now. Um, to think that that's all human made. That's all like we're capable of doing these extravagant like things <laughs> from thought to creation. I don't know why it's so hard for people to think that humans just can't have an impact on the environment. They like, for instance, say that the Amazon rainforest, for instance, produces about 20% of the oxygen on planet earth. Right? So you have the rainforest that makes up a land mass of about, I want to say the entirety of the United States. That's how big the Amazon rainforest is. I could be wrong. Maybe it's about three quarters that size, right? Now, we're talking the continental United States. The Amazon rainforest makes up 20% of all the oxygen on the planet Earth, right? 20, 25%. And it has the size of the United States. You're trying to tell me that all of the human beings out there that are running their AC, running their cars you know, destroying the rainforest so they could put cows and chickens out there. Like literally we're just not only destroying the rainforest so we can have more cattle out there so people can eat more meat, but (laughs) literally all of our, all, all of our demand for energy and production, all of that has an impact and that produces carbon dioxide, right? So it produces carbon dioxide out there. And right now, if you wanted to go back to your uh, old uh, um, chemistry teacher, right? Do a little experiment, right? So you're going to essentially store carbon dioxide in, in a container and you're going to put a, a thermostat inside. And then you're going to, in another con- a container as a control, you're going to put absolutely nothing but regular air in it. And you're going to let it sit out in the sun <laughs> for a week. You're going to see a deviation in that temperature in the carbon dioxide box 
it's going to increase a little bit, you know, depending on how much carbon dioxide you have in there, it's going to dictate how much higher the temperature is going to be on that thermostat compared to the thermostat in the box that has just regular air. You're trying to tell me that all of the humans and every year, more and more people are becoming more demanding of, of energy, China, India, there's a lot more of the people out there are becoming more middle class like we are. They're literally becoming like Americans with our demand. And <laughs> you're trying to say that like all these people over the course of a hundred years, the industrial revolution started in the late 1800s in the UK, early 1900s here in the US. So essentially for the last 120 years, all of the carbon dioxide that we've been pumping out into the atmosphere and a little bit trickles away, like it disappears. But all of that carbon dioxide, you're going to tell me it doesn't have any impact on the climate whatsoever? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny sometimes when I have to have this discussion with people. And they're like, I don't believe in climate change. I'm like, okay, dude, why don't you take your mouth? My friend my, bro- uh, my friend Brian told me this, and I- I'll never forget it. It's like, why don't you take your mouth then? Stick it on the end of that exhaust pipe on your car that's running right now, and you tell me how long you can live on that car- or carbon monoxide, right? You're, you're going to die. So why do you think you could produce all these toxic pollutants into the air? <laughs> what do you think? They just go into space? I mean, if all the gas that we produce went into space, we would have no atmosphere. We would have no oxygen sitting that we could breathe because it would just all dissipate into space. <laughs> People, this stays on our planet, right? So sorry. I just had to get that out of the way. That in itself should be its own podcast. I would love, I should change from me talking about how my pathetic reasons for becoming a vegan and, and how it's beneficial for, for uh, you know, society in general. But we'll, we'll talk about veganism. We'll, we'll save, save climate change and, and for the future. But anyways, so it wasn't because of that. Uh, I didn't even realize the, the impact climate change that or like, you know, eating meat has on the climate. Um, until like I actually became a vegan. A lot of this stuff I didn't really even know until I became vegan. And I didn't even become vegan because of the ultimate long-term health effects that it can have for me. The reason I became a vegan is because I was working at a nightclub here in Las Vegas and I was drinking so much alcohol. I don't do this anymore. Thank God. Alcohol is like literally the worst thing for you. Smoke weed, you know, just smoke weed. I mean, don't, don't drink alcohol. If you're a child listening to this, don't smoke weed. <laughs> you know, I'm talking to adults for, for the moment. But, um, yeah, stop drinking alcohol. It's just the worst thing for, for you. It's so unhealthy. And so, essentially, for a good four years I was working in this club scene, I was just drinking a lot of alcohol. And, and it was just so easy. And it was so easy because of the fact that I just didn't spend a dime on it. You know, essentially, once you work in that industry, you become well connected with other people that are serving the drinks. That's just how it works in hospitality, I guess. But I didn't learn that until I got into the most craziest scene for hospitality in the world, which is Las Vegas. But essentially, once you network with all the different nightclubs and all the different pool parties and all the different bars here in Las Vegas, you kind of rub each other's backs like, hey, you come to my club, I'll take care of you with free drinks. Uh, like every club has these things where if you, um, uh, if you work in, in certain positions, you're allocated a certain amount of drink tickets 
it's just like a, a thing that almost every club and bar does. And and essentially these drink tickets are like, get me a free drink for pretty much pass. And so you go to the bartender, you tell them you want to, uh, like, uh, I don't know, a whiskey ginger ale. And it's never top shelf alcohol, but it's still, you know, it's all right. Alcohol, the bottom shelf. And these free, these drink tickets literally will just get you free drinks. And so when I learned about this, man, I ran with it. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I was a, always a social drinker. Never, I never really considered myself an alcoholic. I don't really have an addictive personality with anything in life. I can drop it on like whenever I need to, especially if I feel like it's detrimental, you know, towards myself. But for whatever reason, I just kind of enjoyed the social drinking here in Las Vegas and I did it for a bit. And when you drink a lot of alcohol and you're a sedentary person like me, which means I don't go to the gym, I do not go to the gym. I don't know why I'm bragging about that, but I just, I just don't enjoy it. You know, if it's sports or if it's something like active, um, yeah, sign me up, man. I love playing soccer. I love playing paintball, like anything that gets my heart running and it's competitive. Yeah. Sign me up. But if you're talking about me just getting up and just going to a gym and just running on a treadmill or or lifting weights, I mean, look, why am I doing that? Like like the lifting weights is one thing. I don't I don't know why people do it, honestly. Like I, I can understand like the you know, you're you're physically fit and, and everything of that nature, but I have yet to be put in a position in life where my endurance, my physical strength is required. I, I, I'd rather specialize my effort and being the problem solver in a group. Like you're not going to eat me in a scenario if we're ever stranded on an island because look, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I'm the most intelligent person in the group, hopefully. So I, I, I'm there like creating tools and, you know, navigating a complicated space. Like can, are, can you eat this type of food or can you not eat that type of food? And hopefully there's another person that's like the brute force type of person. And they could do all the work. Actually, talking about this reminds me of this really awesome anime called Dr. Stone. If you're into like anime, that's such an awesome uh, series. Um, I'm not going to get into the details about it, but essentially it's like a... It tells the story of like this genius. Just look it up. Dr. Stone is great. Watch it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, so I was drinking a lot of alcohol getting really messed up, not really a a workout fanatic. And essentially all my life is at the club scene. So I don't really have a very active lifestyle outside of the club because I'm just so drunk. I'm hung over the next, or I I don't get hangovers, but I'm just like, so like I, I like pass out and I went like sleep for like eight hours and then I have to go back into work. Like, so it's like party during the day, pass out for nine to 10 hours, wake up, do it again at night and then do that same schedule. And so, um, it was rough for three years doing that. I would not recommend it. You know, the best thing you could do if getting into the hospitality scene here in Las Vegas is just focus on making money because there's a ton of ways of making money out here in Las Vegas and just don't drink alcohol. It's harder said than done for sure. Almost anyone listening to this that lives here in Las Vegas can definitely attest to that. Most of the time, you have to get like a few DUIs before you make the decision to not drink alcohol for the average friend that I have out here. Um, I luckily knock on wood, I've never had a DUI and I'm, I'm never going to have one because I just don't drink now. But, um, so out of the greed or not the greed, that's not the right word out of the fact that I was just looking in the mirror and just seeing how much weight I was gaining. I was like, well, 
okay, there's two ways to fix this. I can either go to the gym, which I don't like, or I could just change my diet, which is, I mean, for me, a lot easier to do. I've eaten all different types of foods from all different cultures around the world and switching to an all plant-based diet. Easy. I could definitely do it. And it was like my first two weeks, I think was the hardest, but after that, it was like a, and it still is so, so easy. Nowadays, being a vegan is like the easiest thing. You walk into any Whole Foods or Sprouts or Publix, if you're listening to this from Florida, or if you're in Canada, I don't know, or I have some people from Germany listening to this, which I think is super cool. I don't know what you guys have out there at stores, but um, out here, like it's super easy, especially on the West Coast of the United States. It's so easy to become like be a vegan. There's so many meat alternatives that you can get that it's not the same and of course i understand for those people that love eating a cheeseburger every single day or love eating steaks it's not the same thing but if you were trying to just switch ultimately to a more healthy lifestyle it's better than just eating grass like a lot of people like to say to to me when i say i'm a vegan it's better than just eating you know lettuce all day long um there's dairy alternatives, literally any kind of like fish alternatives. I mean, it's wild nowadays being a vegan. You can find an alternative to almost any other meat-based product or, or animal-based product. And so I switched to being a vegan and man, it made a huge difference. I was able to still drink a, a lot of alcohol, but I was not gaining uh, as much weight and I was slowly losing weight. It was very slow, obviously, because I wasn't working out, but I was slowly losing weight and, uh, but I enjoyed it. And then eventually as I started to kind of cut back on drinking the alcohol, I started to appreciate more the benefits of being a vegan. And I started like doing a lot more research, watching a lot more documentaries on, on being a vegan. And there's a strong movement nowadays on, on being vegan. And honestly, the first thing that made me kind of appreciate being a vegan and sold me on never going back was the, uh, the impact on, on, that agriculture has on climate change, I think was a big one. That was like, when I found out how much resources it takes to make a pound of beef, it blew my mind. To make a pound of beef, like a lot of people think that, like when you buy your 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 beef patties, like that cow was born and somehow became an adult instantaneously. It's like, no, that cow had to be fed for years and had to be, given water for years it they say for an average pound of beef it takes about a thousand liters of water and then like i don't know like a stupid amount of pounds of wheat and it all that food essentially like that water could feed a human like a thousand liters could feed a human for a good maybe three to four months on just one on just one pound of burger, you could feed a person or or give someone four months worth of water, pretty much for every pound of beef that is produced. That's just water, and then the wheat. I mean, you could turn that into bread, enough bread to pretty much feed every hungry person in the world, like ten times over. And it just sucks when you hear these statistics, and it's like, wow, what the hell? And then on top of that, like I was saying uh, when I was talking about doing my rant on climate change. As more and more of a demand exists for for cattle, not so much chickens, but for cattle, and that's uh, that's like pig and and cow. A lot of countries in South America, 
which the income levels are just not the same as some other areas. To them, the trade-off to climate change isn't as important as trying to keep their their family alive, you know, by feeding them and having enough money to have a, sh- a roof over their head. And so it's easy for them, especially in a country like Brazil right now, where their leader is just going ahead and just giving uh, permits to anyone that to pretty much deforest out there to to create more agricultural land. When you deforest the Amazon, like to make agricultural land, it's not just like you you chop down trees. Like when we need paper, right? You chop down trees, the tree eventually will grow back. It's not like that. When you destroy the rainforest for agriculture, you have to change the terrain. They have to destroy all the trees. They have to burn the soil. Then they have to to re-soil it with a different, complete different structure of soil that's better for for crops and and the crops for for cattle. And it's horrible for the rainforest. And so essentially, you're destroying something that's pretty much the, the, what they say, the lungs of the earth, so more people can eat more beef. And you laugh right now, and you say, like, who gives a shit? Like, it's not going to impact me right now. But, you know, the crazy thing is I'm from Florida, and Miami, for instance, the last five years has had to pump excess water out of their city back into the ocean because it's slowly flooding. If they didn't have, If we didn't have, like, pump technology, Miami would have already been flooded by now. And a lot of other coastal cities as well. And I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, I mean, if you're investing in the coastal, the coast pretty much of the East Coast, I mean, could, good luck to you, like trying to sell that, that, um, that investment in like 30 years if you're my age. And like at the age of 65, you're trying to sell this house because it's flooding and there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, good luck, dude. Uh, or ma'am, it's it's gonna be crazy, you know, especially with the the worst hurricanes that are occurring and and the droughts that are happening and the, and just the amount of fires that are happening on the west coast. You know, this isn't a coincidence, people. This is like stuff that we didn't see when we were younger, and it wasn't because of the fact that news just wasn't reporting it. I mean, weather news has always been a thing. This is like stuff that is is becoming more of a normality and we're starting to have to prepare for this change in, in our weather. And if, if people are trying to say like, Oh, it's because the earth and the way it's positioned with the sun and the tilting and it's, and the ice caps just naturally melt. It's like, no, that's not how it works. I mean, naturally there is a process where the earth and the sun get close. And then there's another part where it doesn't get, it's like we're farther away from the sun because of our elliptical rotation that we have. And that with the tilting of the earth is how we determine our, our seasons people. (laughs) That's our seasons. That's, and then when you talk about the minuscule deviations of, of the gravity of how the sun pulls the earth closer or further away, when you talk about like the minute, changes we're talking about hundreds of miles and hundreds of miles are in the vastness of space is nothing but when you talk about that kind of deviation and that has this kind of an impact (laughs) come on that's just the stupidest thing ever you might as well believe that one atomic bomb blowing up is just going to completely cast nuclear winter around the earth and and cast us into the next ice age that's just stupid but 
Um, so yeah, when I found out the impact that agriculture had on, on climate change, and as I, again, I was starting to look for more reasons to justify being a vegan because when I stopped drinking alcohol, I could have easily have gone back to just eating meats, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to justify being a vegan and because I enjoyed it, it wasn't difficult for me. And, and yeah, it made it a hassle for some people, I guess, when I would go out and, and like eat out and there was only a limited amount of food that I could eat and people felt bad. And I was like, no, I don't really care. It's fine. I can just eat this, like whatever the salad or, you know, who cares? Um, those were like a dime and a dozen when I was put in those kind of situations. And, and nowadays I'm never put in that situation. I'm going to have a vegan burger anywhere now, but you know, three years ago when, um, when I was first getting into it, like three, four years ago, it was, you know, it was definitely harder to eat in certain places that a lot of your friends like to eat at. But, um, I didn't want to stop being a vegan just because of that. That, that sounded like a lame reason, especially when I was a vegan for almost two years. And, um, so I was like, okay, climate change. Perfect. You know, I'm, I'm a big proponent on that. You know, I hate hearing people be deniers of it when it's a science. (laughs) I mean, when did we stop caring about what scientists say? Like, we wouldn't be, I wouldn't even have this platform if it wasn't for brilliant scientists. Like, give these people some cred. I mean, they're literally busting their ass, testing ideas for their entire life that eventually they're not even sure if their hypothesis is correct or not. And so imagine spending 30 years working on something and then finding out the end that you're just wrong. <laughs> it's a bummer for a lot of scientists, but essentially the next generation of scientists that look at these people work, they evolve on that. And that's how we advance in society. That's why we don't ride on horses, people. That's why we have the internet. That's literally at your iPhones, your social media. All of this shit is science, people. Literally everything that you're using right now to listen to me is science. So why would you ever deny what other scientists are doing just because they're studying something that you just want to deny for political reasons? It's just so stupid. But, um, <laughs> oh man, humans sometimes, you guys just make me laugh. But, um, so I was like, okay, cool. That's one reason. And then I started to look into like the health reasons and, you know, we as, as humans, we're omnivores. And what that means is that we're both uh, carnivores and, and herbivores. We're able to eat, you know, plants and animals. We have a digestive tract that allows us to do that. And we have like teeth that allow us to, to chew on different types of structure of, of food. And doing my research and being a vegan, I found out that the early, early ancestors of, of humans, which this makes sense, they didn't have a McDonald's that they could go to or a Burger King, right? When you saw an animal, it was like a gift from the heavens, pretty much, that you could kill. Like, especially if it was like an animal that was staying still for longer than just a millisecond that you could hit with a bow and an arrow. Like, I mean, look at like people that are trained hunters with guns and how much of a difficulty do they have hunting for a deer. Like deer hunters, they sit somewhere for hours waiting for a deer to just fall into it, their trap of like their scent of being covered in piss, masking themselves in like foliage outfits, like, um, like camouflage and just sitting still for literally hours waiting for the right moment to just shoot a deer 
in the right spot. Because if you hit it in the wrong spot, that thing is gone. You're never going to see that deer ever again. Now, imagine you're hitting that thing with a bow and arrow. You have no technology. So you're just maybe rubbing mud on yourself and, and putting leaves. And you're just doing the same thing, starving because you haven't eaten meat for the last week. And you're just waiting. Your arm is f- like flailing and you're just like so wired and focused. And you just, you see that deer and you're hoping, man, I hope this arrow hits right where it needs to. Or I hope the other five guys standing next to me with their bows drawn, we're going to kill this animal and knock it out so we can have meat for just a day or two. <laughs> oh my God. Like, of course, people back in the day, they weren't eating meat all the time. So about 80% of their diet was was um, plant-based. And then whenever they could kill an animal, then you know they would eat the animal as well. And so our our genetics and the way that we uh you know we eat food has always been predominantly plant-based. Even like early like American history or pretty much uh Eastern European history or Western European history, excuse me. Or everywhere around the world, a majority of the diet for a lot of people, because no one was royalty back then, was eating plant-based food. It was a lot of breads, wheat, uh, corn, like pretty much whatever plants you could you could grow. If you could have a cow or two, that was amazing. You know, if you're if your little town home in the middle of nowhere had like a couple of pigs and and cows it's not like the movies where you see like every peasant having cattle everywhere (laughs) no like i mean if that were the case then yeah you would have had burger kings back then i mean if every person was making had like pigs and cows then they all could just sustain themselves with cheeseburgers all day long it wasn't like that it was a commodity and so for forever in our in our history or for a long time in our history we were always eating just plants and then if we could get you know, meat, it was a delight. It wasn't like something that we could eat all the time. But nowadays with the advent of the toxicity of like fast food chain chains and, um, you know, being able to, to stack cows on top of other cows and chickens on top of other chickens, we're able, I, I know they're not it's literally on top of each other, but I mean, they're so crammed up against each other. It's the most disgusting thing ever. Like to, Look at like where we eat or where like majority of people eat their meat from. Like if you go to a farm and you're getting your meat from a farm fed cow, I have nothing wrong. I have nothing to say about that. You know, I'm not a person that says like, oh, you shouldn't be eating animals like other animals eat animals. Right. I enjoy the fact that I don't have to get my sustenance from a poor animal. But look, if you need to survive, you need to survive. And if your only access to food is, is meat from a local farm you know, you eat your meat, right? I'm not going to judge. I don't judge people anyways, but I'm just never going to have a say in like an input on that. If someone tells me like, Hey, I get my meat from a local farmer and it's, and it's raised that way. But uh, like 89 of you, 89% of you are getting your meat from stores and your, your, your local Walmarts and whatever. And again, I get it. Um, it's hard to switch a habit, but Anyways, like all this mean when you actually look at where like how these like um, big like cattle companies and these big like uh, chicken companies 
and like how they maintain these animals is just disgusting to just watch, honestly. And no, you don't have to watch, watch a PETA video, but just go on YouTube and just look it up. I mean, it might link you to a PETA video, but those people are so extreme. Um, but it is disgusting like to see like where that food comes from for a majority of people. Unless you go to Whole Foods and – no, not even Whole Foods meat. You don't even know where it's coming from. It just – it might say on the label that it's grass-fed or whatever. It's not. I mean, you don't know where that meat's coming from. There's no regulation on that either. Like a lot of people think that there's a regulation on organic and inorganic food. And it's like the regulation is so loose that it to be organic is like the smallest tweak that you have to do to your food to be considered organic. It's it's so funny. And people pay like double the price for something that literally isn't double healthier for you. But anyways, so when I found out about like, you know, humans history and just how we we are gaining so much weight because of the fact of how easy it is to 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 be so, or have easy access to meat. I was like, well, I mean, the reason why I became a vegan is so I didn't pack on the pounds and I'm still not going to be an active person per se, like going to the gym. I'm not drinking, but if I eat a ton of meat to replace like all the food that I, I had replaced being a vegan, I might put it back on the pounds. I was like, well, screw that. I'm not going to do that. And, um, Thirdly, I was like, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not killing an animal. That was like, I mean, to me, that was like a cool thing I could say. Like, oh, uh, like I'm not getting my sustenance from eating an animal. And just imagine this, right? So there's this, no one knows where COVID-19 came from. They're like, no, it wasn't a, a, a secret mission by the United States or China to do this. I really do think that uh, if you look at the science and uh, listen to the scientists that go out there to China and, and research bats and research different types of animals. There's a lot of like, for instance, going back to deer, a lot of people don't know this, but there is something going on here in the United States right now. It is the scariest thing. Um, this is like the equivalent of mad cow disease. What is it? It's a crazy, crazy disease. Um, it is called chronic wasting disease, CWD. There is a disease going on right now. And if you're a hunter, you know about this because you have to, when you kill a deer, you have to get this deer, deer tested now. Um, it started off in the middle of nowhere in Colorado, but essentially what happened was a disease that was, um, that happened to grow in domestic, domestically raised deer transitioned to wild deer because like domestic deer and wild deer somehow interacted in someone's farm. And this chronic wasting disease is pretty much like mad cow disease. It literally turns these deers into zombies, pretty much. Not like they're dead and then they come back to life, but essentially they're brain dead. They're wasteless and and they literally don't try to defend themselves. They're just kind of standing still waiting to be murdered by someone. Um, like and it, And the scary thing is, is like, for instance, COVID-19 and a lot of other diseases like the avian flu, swine flu, a lot of these diseases are scary because they transfer from an animal to a human and we have no immunity to these animals, right? And so our demand for for animal produce has made it so that we contain animals in such tight-knit... Like imagine right now if we, ca- if we had everyone, that, like one person that was infected with COVID-19 and we just shoved that person into a building with a million other people in this one building and everyone's like so close to each other, right? They're like shoulder to shoulder and this person just coughs 
I mean, he's going to affect like the three people around him. And then those people are going to affect the three people around them. And essentially it's going to be like a fire. It's just going to rage through the entire building and everyone's going to catch COVID-19. Right. And if you don't want to wear a mask or whatever your thoughts are on COVID-19, essentially you do know that if you don't want to contract any disease, that's a common cold, AIDS, (laughs) whatever disease, essentially you just don't put yourself around someone that's infected with it. If an STD or if it's an STD, you don't have sex with someone that has that disease. And if someone has an airborne disease, like a cough-based disease or or a droplet-based disease, you just don't stand close to them and you're not going to get infected, right? Well, if everyone's grouped up next to each other, that disease is going to spread like crazy if it is an airborne disease. And so these diseases that when we group up animals together and they're rolling in their poop and their feces or their feces is poop, but like their pee and everything. Um, you, you don't like imagine like a, a, a dirty person rolling in their, in their own poop and, and then pee and then like eating food with the same hands because they're not able to wash their hands. These animals aren't getting washed every single second that they're around their neighbor's poop. You don't think a disease is going to be contracted from that eventually? Like, of course it is. And so these animals get affected with these diseases and essentially out of random mutation, out of nowhere, one unlucky worker that's working on these animals is going to be next to a cow that coughs and this virus mutates in such a way that that human now contracts a disease that originally was only a cow-based or bird-based or whatever animal-based disease originally. But not anymore. Now it's on a human. And now that human, not knowing that they're infectious, transmits it to everyone that he interacts with. And then they transmit to everyone that they know. And so um, one could argue that if the whole world was vegan, right, you're not getting the swine flu or viral diseases from plants like we do from animals. We're just not compatible the same way. Like we... If you listen in your biology class, you would know that our cells are completely different from a plant to an animal. So if you have a virus that attacks plants, it is almost unlikely that that plant is ever going to develop a virus that's going to transmit to a human. But that's not the same argument when you're talking about mammals. We're a mammal, we're humans, and we get our diseases from not only other mammals, but other types of animals, period. And... So essentially, if the whole world was vegan, you probably wouldn't have this issue right now where you're stuck in your living room. And I know I don't want to hear from people saying like, oh, what are you trying to say now? So I should feel bad that I eat like meat and that I'm the contributor to COVID-19. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in a hypothetical universe where all humans just ate plant-based foods, right? And they got their essential nutrients that they needed from other sources outside of meat. And the only other, the only nutrient you do need that is not naturally occurring in plants is just vitamin B12, but you can essentially synthesize that nutrient and and get it in another way that doesn't require eating meat, but, um, or else every vegan would be dead by now and we're, we're, we're doing completely fine. But, um, so yeah, so essentially in, in that hypothetical universe, we would never have the avian flu, the swine flu, the, the 1912, uh, you know, swine swine flu pandemic that literally eradicated uh, a ton of different people. Uh, we would never have the Black Plague. We would never have a lot of these, these these epidemics that just have massacred tons and tons of people. 
I mean, only non-animal-based disease that's eliminated more people than any other like animal-based disease, like contracting like a flu, is malaria, and that's from mosquitoes. And I mean, screw mosquitoes. God, they are so horrible. They're single. They single-handedly have killed more humans than any other disease in the history of man. If you look at the research on early generations of people and in, and even now malaria malaria kills a ton of people now but like in un, like unfortunate people that are just in areas where they just don't have access to good health care or or anything of that nature um you know people are dying from malaria nowadays like in the thousands but like back in the you know back up 200 years ago oh my god Left and right, people were dying from malaria. It was insane. Number one contributor to deaths for ever in humans' history. But um, so yeah, so like ultimately, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not contributing to this. So like COVID nineteen, not for me. You know, I didn't need to eat an animal. I mean, if it came from a bat, a bat or a pangolin or whatever animal it came from, we're not entirely sure yet where it is originated from because China. China's government, not their scientists, but China's government is really cracking down on on not letting people know exactly where this disease originated from. And, the, and nothing against the Chinese people. The Chinese people are great people. I have a ton of Chinese friends, but their government is just so corrupt. It really is. Not to say that, you know, we don't have corruption in our own country as well, but it's just so much worse in China. I mean, 100% compared to us. Do they have like some better systems than we do yeah of course like their investment into infrastructure just blows us out of the park but it's definitely not worth not having the ability to talk like i'm doing right now like if i said anything like this right now and i i lived in china i would right now have my door kicked in by some police you know squad arrest me and put me in some kind of detention camp for the rest of my life but or transport me to north korea to work in a concentration camp out there but um, luckily that right now, that's not a reality that we ever have to, um, to perceive, but it's just horrible the atrocities that that country's government is doing to people. But so yeah, essentially that's why I became a vegan. Um, there is a ton of alternatives, cheese. That was a, that, honestly for the first two weeks that I became a vegan, it wasn't dropping meat. It wasn't dropping chicken. It wasn't doing anything. It was honestly cheese. Like my favorite snacks were cheese based. My favorite foods were cheese based. Like I mean, mac and cheese was my favorite food, and and goldfish was my favorite snack, and they were both cheese based products. I love cheese, and so that was the hardest thing to give up the first two weeks. But you can make your own cheese from like almost a million different types of milks that you can get from different plants. To, you can buy already made cheese. There's like this tofu cheese I get now. Oh my god, it is. I, I've I've given it to people that love cheeses, and they they now eat that cheese over any other cheese. It's that good, and um, it doesn't taste like tofu. It's just made out of soy as well, and it's just so fire. And a lot of people say like, if you eat too much tofu, you're gonna like grow breasts. I mean. <laughs> Half of our, our, our Olympians and uh, half of our, like, Tom Brady, for instance, is a vegan. Uh, like, a ton of athletes out there are vegans. If you actually do the research and look, like, a lot of Olympians, our gold medal uh, winners for the last Olympics, literally are vegans. 
So you could be really fit if you want to be and be a vegan. There's no such thing as like if you eat too much tofu, you're going to get breasts as a man and you know, you're going to be beca- you're going to become feminine and it's like it's the stupidest thing sometimes I hear from people. You'd have to for that to impact you, you would have to eat like so much soy. It w- it's like you would have to eat like uh like 50 pounds of soy a day for like a a good month to 3 months. And at that point, you're going to die from other things, like literally eating the same thing. The argument could be said about anything. If you eat the same thing at that capacity, you're going to die from something. Who knows what? But, I mean, it's something definitely to entertain. Uh, You don't even have to be a full vegan. If you want to replace, like, two meals a week with, like, a a plant-based meal plan, like, and again, I'm not talking about eating salads. No one's talking about that. I don't even do that. I would lose my mind if that's all I ate. Again, it is so easy. The resources are out there. There are so many meat alternatives. If you just entertain it, uh, you'll you'll eventually enjoy the taste. I mean, if you're eating Little Caesars pizza or if you're eating ta- tacos from from um, Jack in the Box, if you can deal with those type of meats, honestly, you can eat vegan meat. It's way better in quality. Just take it for someone that used to not be a vegan that tried that stuff and that stuff is garbage honestly um again if you if that's all you can afford and oh and and the other thing being a vegan doesn't like break the bank anymore i think i pay maybe 10 percent more than not being a vegan but if you're talking about like if your average bill for groceries is two two hundred dollars a month three hundred dollars a month that's like 20 or 30 dollars extra a month i mean give me a break that's that's not that much. And if you're on a social program for like food stamps, uh, especially if you're going through difficult times right now, I mean, ease, again, the same thing. The budgeting around it is so easy, especially if you buy in bulk. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that. My favorite vegan food is Mexican food. Um, it, I, I never knew this, but you can literally make like being of uh, a vegan is so easy with Mexican food. I mean, I can have vegan, any type of taco, vegan, any kind of burrito, like, you know, beef alternative, chicken alternative. And it is so fire. It really is. Uh, even like breakfast burritos, like, Oh my God, I make this fire breakfast burrito sometimes in the mornings. But, um, yeah. And it, it's cool because I, I realized too, for a lot of vegans, because they are, having to change kind of like their, the way they eat, it really gets you into the kitchen. Like I hated cooking before, but now that I became a vegan, I love cooking. I hate cleaning. I hate it to death, but I love cooking now. I enjoy it so much. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents on being a vegan, why I became a vegan. It was, it didn't start off being, uh, for good reasons. It was more selfish reasons why I did it. Um, it was, so I didn't, become a, a 300 pound guy at a, at a nightclub. But eventually as I started to, to get away from drinking and not wanting to go back into eating meat, I started to do the research and it, it made a lot of sense, you know, the, the health benefits from it and just how you feel after you eat, you know, that versus like when I'm full now, like when I eat a lot of vegan food and I'm full, it's not the same as like, I remember it when I ate a lot of like burgers and stuff like that and was full. Like I don't feel useless. I don't feel like I have to like, fall asleep on a couch for five hours after eating a big burger. And I mean, don't get me wrong. A good nap is a good nap, but I mean, 
I don't want to be useless my entire life. I mean, smoking weed is already, <laughs> it's already bad enough. You know, imagine eating a ton of food and being high is just not the smartest thing ever. But anyways, that's me talking about being a vegan. If you ever have any questions about it, please reach out to me, you know, via social media, or you can just shoot me an email at Jason at tongues out podcast. I can shoot you back a ton of resources from documentaries to stores that you can go to in your local areas to uh, meal plans to whatever you you need help with you know reach out to me it's definitely a, a worthwhile experience even if you entertain it for just like a month uh, or like I said a couple days a week it's definitely worth it but anyways thank you guys for listening and I will catch you guys tomorrow for Father's Day special I was I was surprised today with a, a gift from my daughter and my wife. You guys are going to hear about it tomorrow. It is the most beautiful gift I've ever gotten in my entire life. And and it's such a simple gift, but uh, I'll be able to tell you guys about it tomorrow. I can't wait to share it. But thank you guys for tuning in again, and I will catch you guys mañana. Peace.